Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I am Lee Seiler, your host, also known as the Stock Doctor. We have Justin, Jared, Nikki. Everybody's in the house today. By the way, and I just want to play a little more of this. I was going to say, we got to let it run a little bit. Yeah, because we got the news yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday terrible, terrible news. That Charlie died. I am more shocked about it than anything. Well, for good reason. Yeah. I mean, how could Keith Richards still be alive? He's going to outlive them all, baby. No way. You he, say that. Yes, There's he's no way. going to. He, clearly, he's going to. He's sitting at home snickering right now. I mean, <laughs> Keith Richards has probably died a few times. Never going to die again. No. No. He'll be, he'll be around. But hey, Charlie Watts at 80 years old, the drummer for the Rolling Stones, passed away yesterday well, the in news, his house. In, the uh, news hit yesterday. It hit yesterday. I don't know if he past prior but and i don't want to get look i'm a musician and he was never and i'm a drummer and he was never one of my idols as a drummer he was just a steady eddie he did what he had to do with that style of music he never impressed you he'd never embarrass you served the song he served the song's purpose it's like ringo i mean i'm a little bit more of a fan of ringo because i i kind of know the nuances of what he does being that he's left-handed but plays right-handed kit it's a little bit different but but Charlie was great for what the Stones did. The Stones are all about Keith and, and Mick and uh, putting up a show. But anyway, yeah. so, uh, you know, rest in peace. Charlie Watts, another great one, uh, passes away. So let's talk about what's going on here. The purpose of this show. The yeah. purpose of this show is Wait, to talk about the markets. Musical theory? I, no. We can talk about musical theory. We could probably spend an entire show or two. We absolutely <laughs> can. But we're going to talk about the markets. We're going to talk about what is driving the markets. Uh, you know, last week. We had a down week, and I'm thinking, okay, the start of the correction, and it was kind of ugly at times. Now, we still had that rotating correction. A lot of stocks have taken their hits, which are since then now starting to roll back and, and come back a little bit. But the uh, last week, the Dow was down over 1%. The um, S&P 500 was down 55 basis points, so just slightly over half of 1%. The NASDAQ down 7 tenths of 1%. The Russell 2000 continues to struggle. I mean, the Russell 2000 went down 2.5% last week. The strong sectors last week were utilities, healthcare, which we do like, and real estate. The weak sectors were energy, materials, and industrials. Um, here's where it gets ominous. We've been watching the advanced decline line, the breadth of the market, and last week on the New York Stock Exchange, we only had 895 advancing issues versus 26. 113 declining issues. The new highs, new lows are way more even than they were a few weeks ago. So things are kind of changing. 258 new highs versus 248 new lows. And the AAII bull bear index was now finally now there are more bears than bulls. 33.2% bull, 35.1% bear. The question is, is that bull you know what? (laughs) I don't know. But I will say this. That uh, so far this week, though, we've had, I don't know where the market's going to close today, but so far through Tuesday, we've had not bad. The market had a pretty good day on Monday, uh, hitting highs again, uh, and actually hit some highs yesterday, too. I don't know if it closed there. It got close, though. Uh, yesterday, the Dow was up 32 points at 35,367. The NASDAQ up 77 at 15,019. The S&P 500 up 6.74 at 44.86. Um, but what really drove the market in the last day was uh, last couple of days, actually big news on the FDA front as expected. The FDA has granted full approval for the Pfizer BioNTech, uh, COVID-19 drug. And 
I think that's good. I think it's good across the board for humanity. It's good for. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great for business. But let's let's discuss this a little bit because you know there is that that concern. There are a lot of still a lot of people out there that refuse to get vaccinated, and some use the excuse that hey, it's not FDA approved yet, which. I can almost understand that. I don't even feel like that was really an excuse. I think that that was one of the more legitimate reasons people had for feeling hesitant about getting okay. vaccinated. What reason or excuse? I think that's a legitimate I think it's an excuse reason excuse. Because they're, they're not going to get it regardless. I, I think some people will. I totally disagree. I have seen when I was lurking on Reddit last night, there were multiple posts. <laughs> lurking? Of, like, yeah, because I don't actually have a username. I just lurk. Okay. And so I actually saw multiple posts of people that decided to get the vaccine, their first dose, at least yesterday after. Oh. I, so, or so Tuesday or was it Monday or Tuesday that they got full? Mon- Monday, I think it was on. Monday, yeah. So so wait, Jared, you're saying that will this will not encourage the unvaxxed people. I'm not saying all. That thing's absolute. We know it will encourage some. You still think there'll be those people out there? That will say, no way, it's still a farce. Yes, it's still 100%. having your spoons and the magnets in your arm. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to be magnetic. I, they're not all going to disappear overnight, of course. Of course he's yeah. right. Of course that a lot of people are still going to say, oh, I'm, I still don't trust it. I'm not going to get it. I get that. But I will tell you that I had to pick up a prescription the day that they announced full approval. And there was a crazy line there of people getting the shot. I, I, change, the excuse is just going to change. It's going to change to oh well, we don't know the long term, like 10, 20 year side effects. It's, I there's heard always going to be well. there's always going to be somebody but, something out there that that pushes it down farther, farther down the road. I think what happens on now is that there's legal precedence here where now business owners, corporations can schools. say schools or more, you know, counties, whatever the case may be, that they can now require their employees to be a vaccinated because before i totally again i understand that concept wait you i work here you're making me or asking me to get vaccinated and it's not even approved yet so you're you're putting this in my body now it's approved and of course the moderna approval is probably right around the corner as well yeah it's probably coming soon so the question is and there are companies that are already requiring it some of the big names out there uber netflix microsoft disney eli Lilly, cisco blackrock google bro uh, Walmart, Facebook, UAL, they are now requiring it. And I talked to a buddy of mine who is in the convention and conference business for uh, production, you know, the, the video screens and all that kind of stuff. And he said that, because I asked him, our conference is getting canceled. He goes, yeah, we're seeing some cancellations again because people are concerned with COVID. He goes, but the ones that are going through, they are asking our company that if we only send vaccinated workers. So... There's another kind of twist there. Yeah. Well, I think that for the most part, uh, how many vaccines have, have been, you know, let's, let's say 320 million. 320 million well, doses I, or 320 million fully vaccinated? It's doses, doses. right? Well, here, doses. Because let me explain what the, the FDA scientists reviewed hundreds of thousands of pages of the vaccine data from 49,000 trial participants. Now, the vaccine was found to be 91% effective originally. It was supposed to be ninety five percent effective, so a little bit less than expected. One of the doctors on the voting panel said that this approval was nothing more than a than psychological than anything else. Mm-hmm. He said, considering we've already had three hundred and twenty million doses administered Dose, in the United doses. States, so right. that's the point there. And um, you know, I'm glad they got it done. I knew it would fast track. I knew it would happen. 
Uh, I'm not disappointed that it's 91% effective versus 95 because I know here in the Orlando area, the uh, the uh, statistic from the news said there were five. I saw this, and this is a powerful number. 505 people were hospitalized due to COVID. 11 were vaccinated of that 505. Wow. 11. So 494 people were unvaxxed. And those, so that to, that's a big number. Mm-hmm. That's within your margin of error. Just look at the data. The data is not lying, in no, my opinion. It's not. And for people that keep saying that it's, uh, well, it, you can still get it. Like, yes, you can. But again, look back at the data. Look how many people have developed serious side effects. I think that my real, my real question here is that, that how, many, how many doses did, did we say? 320. 320 million doses. Now, of those 320 million doses, what percentage of them uh, were mishandled? What percentage of them were... No, so this is... A, I saw the number. It was like 440 million have been sent out. Uh-huh. And then... But, but my, 320 million have gone into arms. I understand. But my point is, of the ones that have gone into arms, is it, a, is it at all possible that something had gone wrong with those doses? And that's why... That's possible. Of the 500 people that were admitted into the hospital with severe or acute issues, 50 of them were, you know vaccinated and it was a breakthrough was it a breakthrough because of it was 11 however many but let's let's talk the the money part of it because when you look at the two stocks that we're really talking about are pfizer and moderna and um pfizer topped started topping out last week and certainly monday's action had it did not hit a high of last week but had a spike and then closed at the low of the day and then closed lower yesterday so moderna mrna this stock is acting very similarly it had that spike a few weeks ago, but yet hasn't been able to get out of its own way. So I think that, you know, this is no surprise. It's, it was expected. It's baked into the cake. Baked into the cake by now. So, you know, I had clients saying, hey, should we buy Pfizer? I mean, now we're chasing it. And right. you don't want to buy extended stocks. That is part of our 30 tips of investing in stock market, which we do have available now to our listeners. All you have to do is uh, email feedback at stockdr.com. Feedback at stockdr.com and we will send you out a copy of the 30 tips investing in the stock market if you don't have a process this is your free process at least it'll get you started when we come back we have a question from deborah from orlando we'll talk about earnings last week we'll talk about all the exceptional earnings reports we have had and you are listening to the stock doctor's prescription right here on money radio kfnn fifteen ten a.m and 105.3 fm don't go anywhere we are coming right back Fifteen ten and one hundred five point three Money Radio. I'm a million dollar Bill Keevan, and I wrote a book. It's a collection of forty three essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex wife gave me that advice drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop-dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead, in other words, of wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. Here is a quick list of things that you do not need in a financial advisor. One, they do not need to be in the tallest building in town. Two, they do not need to have a one-size-fits-all program. And three, they do not need to have a zombie apocalypse survival plan. Here are a few things that you do need in a financial advisor. One, a firm that takes their fiduciary responsibility to heart. Your success is their success. Two, custom-built portfolios, not cookie-cutter. And three... 
the ability to use stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds to make the right combination of security and investments for each client. Let the stock doctor and his team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call at 1-888-855-2855. That's 1-888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation for all clients, except for zombies. Zombies are on their own. Driving kills in Arizona. Life is more important than your phone's beep. Stop the distracted driving, Arizona, please. Sponsored by the Arizona Chapter National Safety Council and the Governor's Office of Highway Safety. Aired in cooperation with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. It's all about your life, the issues that affect you and your money. Learn how to make it, spend it, and invest it. We're Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM and at MoneyRadio1510.com. Welcome back to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. We're going to play All Stones. That's a good idea, Justin. Totally agree. My idea, good one. Now, the fidelity is not as good as... It sounds like it's playing from a record. Exactly. Which is how it would have been played when it came out. Exactly. Such good stuff. I know. I wanted to play Gimme Shelter, but you said it was the intro too long. I love that song. One of my favorite songs. I'll play it this weekend. Yeah. At the gig. (laughs) All right. You're listening to Stock Doctor Subscription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. We have this just in. Justin Kenny. We have the fiscal therapist... Jared Bocart and our megalennial Nikki Ward, and she'll be doing a millennial moment in the third segment. But before the break, we were talking about earnings, and uh, you know, earnings are absolutely exceptional. And again, not a surprise. Earnings up year over year, eighty five percent. The um, with, that's with ninety seven percent of companies in the S and P five hundred reporting. The average earnings per share beat over their expectation was fifteen percent versus a historical beat of 5%. And, you know, last week we had Walmart, uh, Kohl's, Macy's. They blew out results. You had... Uh, Nordstrom yesterday. Nordstrom. You had Applied Materials, NVIDIA, a stock we own. They knocked the cover off the ball. NVIDIA saying that their data centers were big winners for them. So that's all good stuff. And um, But, again, it was very much expected because there was virtually no visibility. So the bar was extremely low this right. year. And companies that gave guidance moving forward and that forecasted, you know, and revised, they're doing much better than the ones that, you know, say the next quarter is not going to be as good or kind of lower well, yeah. the bar. Um, it's the thing, like, if you crush revised estimates, how, yeah. how well are you really doing? I mean, I understand that, that we beat, you know, right. by leaps and bounds, but... Last year, everybody said, you know, next year, next year is going to be tough. So let's scale back our, our Right, or our not even give guidance and, at all. Right, and then they're like, oh, well, we crushed. Well, yeah, you crushed. <laughs> I mean, I look at a company like NVIDIA, and NVIDIA's earnings were up 89% year over year. And on revenues, that were 68%. Uh, that's, that's, and this is an, an enormously seasoned strong, large company. Yeah, strong beat across the board, revised or not. That's it, In fact, and, and you know, it just goes to show you that 
things are going to change. All right, markets change, markets dynamically rotate, sectors come in and out of favor. A lot of things happen, and I, I saw this, which is really interesting. At the time of the dot com burst in two thousand, I'm going to give you the top ten Nasdaq stocks. And if you look at the top ten Nasdaq stocks from two thousand, there is only one that is in top ten in two thousand twenty one. Can you tell me which one it is? Who would it be? Microsoft? Who? Yes. Yeah. All right. Mike Rowe Soft. It was yeah. a guy named Mike Rowe Soft. Mike Rowe? Yeah. Um, anyway, so here, here are the top 10 NASDAQ stocks based on size in, in the uh, order of size of the company in 2000. Microsoft, Cisco Systems, Intel, still big. Yeah. Oracle, Sun Microsystems, doesn't exist. Nope. Dell went private, then back public. Qualcomm's still around. Yahoo doesn't <laughs> exist. Got taken over. Applied Materials, still a good company, still doing okay. JDS Uniphase. Ugh. That was brutal, JDS yeah. Uniphase. Okay, so now in 2021, this is by market cap size, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Goog, Facebook, Tesla, NVIDIA, PayPal, ASM, Semi, and Adobe. In 21 years, look how different. Completely different. One, I'm shocked that Apple in 2000 wasn't wasn't yeah that kind of surprises me i thought for sure apple would be on that list yeah. they hadn't even had the iphone yet no they hadn't they hadn't but they still had max they still had um had they f- steve had, jobs had they fired steve jobs by that point when? i don't know that's a good question yeah yeah i think they did and then he came back by then though came back and yeah. straightened them but out. in 2000 did, Boy, did they have the show them. ipod no I not in 2000 no really nope Jared, such their set for us. When did the iPod? I remember the, the, I, the original iPod. iPod. I remember it was not in 2000. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I think like 2004. Three, four. 2001. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Hmm. It may have been out there, but none of us were. What was it like? The iPod shuffle? No, it was just the iPod. Yeah, it was, it was just the, the iPod. And it was probably oh, 500 bucks. Brick. Yeah. The brick. Yeah. No, no. Cell phones were bricks back then. Well, I had those too. Yeah. <laughs> we have a uh, snake is still the best game ever. We have a listener question. Uh, Deborah from Orlando says that she is a fairly novice investor, and she says I have a four hundred one k at work, which has limited mutual fund choices. They normally do. I'd like to own some other investments, maybe including cryptocurrency. Would you recommend owning some in my portfolio? Well, I. I don't know enough about you, Deborah. Uh, you have a 401k at work. That's all great. And I don't know how old you are, but understand that owning cryptocurrency is not for the faint of heart. I love the attitude that you're showing that you want to do other investments. Love that. Not everybody has to own cryptocurrency. It's not all things to all people. Because if you can't afford to lose 50, 60, 70, or 100% of an investment, because there are some, and I know you're going to talk about some mm-hmm. of these in your millennial moment, there are some of these cryptocurrencies that are not going to make it. I tend to think most of them are not going to make it. And we don't even know if the one that is going to make it is even out yet. Right. That's true. Nor do we know how her, inv- if, if you can't handle seeing a position swing by 30, 40, 50%, mm-hmm. right. then this is not the game for you. That's for sure. I'm really happy that you admit that you're just starting out and you know that you recognize that your 401k is limited. I don't think then you should cannonball into the deep end by necessarily investing in one of the most volatile assets out there. I mean, Asset if you classes. if you need to more learn more information about cryptocurrency, 
we have a friend that is a, a, a specialist in this. We and got a guy. We got a guy. His name is Jesse Markowitz, and he is my personal crypto assistant.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, check him out. I mean, your personal assistant. Your personal. My personal. Okay, your personal cryptoassistant.com. And uh, he's he's a good guy, very knowledgeable. He's he's not an advisor. He just helps you get started and talk about it. Because, I mean, there's some stuff going on with Coinbase now. There is. There's some some mayhem going on. I guess some Coinbase users mm. are a little bit upset. that Customer service. Yes, their customer service seems to be taking a page out of Robinhood's book and uh, only dealing with customer complaints via email. They don't really have well, a phone number you can call. Let me, you guys, you two are, just, just as I'm a millennial, but you two are millennials. I personally do not like it when I can't get somebody on the phone. Oh, I'm I'm over there, human, human yelling okay, at I drop, an automated. I, I drop as many filthy words as I can just to see if I it cannot helps stand that everything in front of the queue is email based. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't either. But I have there was a hack. Especially I don't know. a brokerage account. Oh, that's unacceptable to me. But I have seen the hack that if you keep pressing zero, you will eventually get to a human. I haven't tried it, so let me know. You know, people often ask me, "Do you uh, do you have that?" Hey, for Lee Seiler, press one for that. And I, after hours, we right. do. We have it for our voicemails, but a human will get back to you. Right. I do not like that at all. I cannot stand it when no. somebody has a, a voicemail prompting system. It's just absolutely terrible during business hours. So anyway, Deborah, uh, my point is, yes, it's volatile. I love the attitude that you have. Uh, I mean, um, give us if, a call. if you give us a call, 888-855-2855, that's 888 888- Eight five five two eight five five. We'll uh, we'll dig deeper into your personal situation and uh, talk to you about our process and and see if it makes sense for you and and maybe at least give you some advice of which direction to go. Um, Wells Fargo top analyst. He's their senior equity analyst. Christopher Harvey. He raised his year end target on the S and P five hundred to forty eight twenty five. That represents a better than seven percent move from the current levels. Now. What he says is over the past 31 years, it's kind of interesting, there have been nine instances where the S&P 500 had a price return of 10 plus percent in the first eight months of the year. In none of these instances, the last four months have produced negative returns. Hmm. And he said, but out of the nine, there was uh, the average about 8.4 in the last four months. I'd like to see what those years look like, what was going on during those years. I kind of would like to do an overlay, you know. Like were any of digging them, some of those numbers? Yeah, mm-hmm. You know what was going on? Were they post election years? Things exactly, like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so nine out of thirty one, you had ten plus percent in the first uh, eight months, and then it averaged eight point four percent the last four months. I, I still think we're we're primed for a correction, but I've seen corrections in September it. and a big rally in October, starting oh, in November, about, December. Think about you know we've seen some crashes in October, and absolutely even those years the market wound up doing well from that point on well this wells fargo analyst he's uh again obviously bullish for 21 however he's not as bullish for 2022 i mean he's stating the big elephant in the room which is the fed and there is there is zero chance the fed is going to be as accommodative as they are today i also think earnings are not going to be nearly as phenomenal as they've been they just can't they couldn't. Well, they're not going right. to beat expectations like they did because that bar is going to be raised. It's set from the, it's going to be compared to this year. So right. yeah, of course. Well, with those companies, you will have other sectors that will be performing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. Of course you will. Cruises. Hey, you know what? They're requiring vaccinations. I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. I mean, who you know, wants to? I would feel a lot more comfortable getting on a cruise ship Yep. to know that everyone else is vaccinated. 
Hey, you're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. When we come back, we will have the millennial moment. We'll talk about the Chinese stocks that are rallying. We have Best Buy. We have listener questions. But we ask everybody to stick around because we are coming right back. Control of your money provides freedom. Learn how to make it, spend it, and invest it. We're Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. We're Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. Good stuff. You know, the difference between these songs and the garbage you hear on the radio, these stand the test of time. Musicianship? This is music. Yes. It's not somebody just rapping and holding on. Oh, my God. Using a soundboard. Good stuff. Of course, Charlie Watts, 80 years old, drummer for the Rolling Stones. Well, all right. No official cause of death. Nobody nobody said anything. They didn't say it was COVID, so I don't know. But I mean, um, I didn't think anybody died of anything else anymore. Yeah, they don't, I think. <laughs> yep, my my daughter got sick at school last week. We took her to the doctor, got her tested, and they're like, no, she just has a cold. I was like, what? What, what are you talking about? I thought we eradicated those. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to the Stock Doctor Subscription on Money Radio, KFNN, 1510 AM, 105.3 FM. If we can help you with our money management services, you want us to do a free portfolio review, we would love to be able to help you. All you have to do is call our office, 888 888- 855-2855. And if you call right now, you will not get a computer recorded prompt. You will get a live person. 888-855-2855 or feedback at stockdr.com. Feedback at stockdr.com. Uh, you're going to look like you're going to say something, Nick. No, just contemplating. Chinese stocks catching a bid. They're catching a bid. Ten cent. Baba, JD.com, all catching serious bids. Uh, the group has obviously been beaten up. If you can see the uh, look at the charts on Baba and JD, I mean, they're just absolutely brutal. These stocks have significantly underperformed, down down just huge. And um, they're beaten up because of the regulatory, the tightening regulatory environment in the Chinese tech sector. However, this past Friday, China passed a major data protecting law, which analysts say this could potentially slow down the pace of the new introduction of uh, introduction of new laws. And I mean, at bare minimum, it's going to provide some short-term clarity. Yes, and maybe some short-term support for the stocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the uh, the Chinese-based uh, ADRs here in the states are, are just getting they're all getting well, bludgeoned. I mean, if you think about it, honestly, if you are an investor right. and you're looking for clarity, don't look to China. No, of course if not. You're looking for you know, no fear of their own government pulling the rug out from under them. Don't go to China. So, I'm, of course, they're they're not. You know, haven't been performing so well. If you're still looking for Jack Ma, don't go to China. <laughs> no, I think he popped up, didn't he? He disappeared for a Allegedly. while last year. He came up on a Zoom. All right. Oh, so he it could have been a deep. We have no idea deep where that man is. Yeah, deep fake. Hey, it's that time of the show for our megalennial to speak her mind, Mickey Ward. With the millennial moment. I brought the jokes today. I can't believe Jared stood up to dance today. No, he did. He did. But I couldn't wave my arms because 
I'm getting old. Shoulder. <laughs> the, yes. the youngest one of the one of the youngest people in this place is getting old. Yeah. So today's big lesson is don't confuse popularity with legitimacy. So our favorite topic, Dogecoin, but not Dogecoin, but Dogecoin's blockchain is a ghost town compared to other cryptocurrencies in the market cap top ten. So Yet having a 70% jump in early August, the blockchain recorded records just over 23,000 daily transactions. This is for August 9th, which is the most recent data that we have. And that's a mere fraction of the 1.2 million transactions recorded on Ethereum and the roughly 200,000 recorded on Bitcoin. And again, this is the blockchain transactions. So even cryptos with market caps less than a third of Doge's regularly record more transactions. So Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin, despite both being pushed out of the top 10 in market cap in recent times, recorded 83,000 and 133,000 transactions respectively on August 9th. Okay, let me just uh, make sure the folks out there understand. The reason Ethereum has way more transactions than Bitcoin does because Bitcoin's coin is way more expensive. Yes. So $200,000 of a $50,000 coin, 200,000 transactions of a $50,000 coin is a big number versus 1.2 on a $3,000 coin. Exactly. So it's not that, oh, Ethereum's more. No, it's just that there are more transactions that there is dominated in, in less denominations. And you would think, too, because Dogecoin is what? like 30 cents that right. there would just tons. be an astronomical number. So, so think about that. 23,000 transactions at 30 cents or something. Right. 29.7 right now. So it's just crazy. It's one of the most lopsided wealth distributions in the crypto space. So with just one address on the blockchain accounting for 28% of all Dogecoin transactions, a mere 11 addresses. What does that mean though? One one person. So one, one, ad- one address. Could one be whoever. person's wallet. Okay is responsible for 26% or 28% of all Dogecoin transactions on the blockchain. So he's selling or buying something with it? Yep, doing yes. some one of the okay. two. Okay. And uh, a mere 11 addresses hold 46% of the circulating coins. Oh my gosh. And 82 addresses account for over 64% of the total supply. Mind you, Dogecoin, unlike Bitcoin, is an infinite supply. So it's not as if it's a limited... Number, number, right, right. finite number. So it's pretty crazy, and I think it's also very funny to point out that the Dogecoin creators, uh, the co-creator Billy Marcus sold sold all of his Doge holdings in 2015 to buy what kind of car? What do you think? Tesla? Tesla? Come on. Tell the truth. Oh, no. McLaren? Nope, this guy's got great taste. Honda Civic, baby. Really? Can't say they don't hold their value, unlike a Dogecoin. They're holding something. (laughs) <laughs> the fellow co-creator Jackson Palmer has since dismissed Dogecoin while characterizing the entire cryptocurrency space as representing the worst parts of today's capitalist system. They have no active development team since its creators abandoned it, and it's almost eight years on from its invention, and the coin still isn't used in any applications. It sounds like garbage. Yeah. So, And people actually Choose buy this eyes. crap. Yes. Wasn't there... What? It's a great meme. Elon Musk was... One of them. Why was he touting it? He's the Doge father. He's he's touting it because he's one of the five people that owns this thing. These these idiots all had Doge parties when he was hosting Saturday Night Live. It turns out there's only 80 of them collectively. (laughs) That's just crazy. Ridiculous. And so with no long-term prospects and no real use case, Dogecoin continues to rise and fall based on the actions or tweets of a few wealthy individuals. So no long-term prospects. 
No, no nothing. co-creators. No one's at the helm yeah, steering yeah. this bad like, boy. Back to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so when those individuals looking at you, Elon, decide it's time to sell, the average investor is going to be left holding, you know, heavy losses. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. How, these guys are going to have to get out at some point. It's no laughing matter if you're gonna the laughing stock. To who? Like, how do they get out if there's not enough people? You know, like. Get out now while you still can. But if you own... But they'll drive the price down. That's the problem. If you own a fourth of what's out there and you try to sell that fourth... You'll be selling it at a penny. Right. It's You're you're going to be single-handedly it's, responsible for your own demise. It's still supply and demand. And that, even though it's a piece of you know, you know garbage, what? I don't know. I, I, You know, this whole thing, and that's what scares me about the market, is that people just absolutely take those kind of speculations. They think they're really investing. I told you. I told you. I grew up in a small town. And somebody did a survey to say, hey, all of us, we grew up together. What do you do right now? And multiple people answered this on social media saying, well, I work at a hospital during the day and I'm a crypto trader at night. One of my neighbors asked uh, if we had a computer microprocessing semiconductor chip thing. And it's so that he can mine crypto. Yeah. Okay. I, I met somebody this weekend at this conference and they said that his son, by the way, it was Nikki Ward in her millennial moment, our millennial herself. He said that his son is mining cryptocurrency in his basement. I'm so sorry to hear about your electric bill, sir. Yeah, <laughs> that well, must I mean, be so brutal. Let's hope he knows. So, what does he mean? He actually created a, a yeah, coin, he, and so what is he doing with it? Processing chip. I'm absolutely butchering this, but you have to have a chip that's fast and like good enough to to mine the transactions. Because I saw the show on Billions. Remember they were they were yeah like, the little uh, kid yeah they were His having son. problems with the uh, with yeah, the electricity and the blacked out a whole town exactly so I did ask it so is electricity bill high he goes oh yeah but he's making money how he's selling to who I mean it depends on what he's mining I don't know hey but you know who is uh, actually doing better than Dogecoin these days believe it or not Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy, that's a ticker symbol, BBY. These are not recommendations. We do not own Best Buy. Haven't been there in eight years either. So I've you know. been there within the last year. I've had to get a couple of things. But um, Best Buy is actually, they reported, uh, had a pretty darn good quarter. And they said that consumers are upgrading tech and at, for the work from home phase. Uh, sales grew 20% in Q2. People are embracing habits like the work from home and streaming TV. The company also raised second half forecast. CEO says there's been a dramatic and structural increase for technology. Uh, they predict their same store sales to be flat to down 3% versus their expectations of being down high single digits. So it's, it's okay. not going to suck as much. Right. Okay. Down. CEO went on to say that fundamentally, the company is way stronger in a way stronger position than they have been over the last two years. So that's all good. They came in at 298 a share versus 185 expectation. Sales 11.85 billion versus 11.49. Online sales up 20%. Here's the thing about um, Best Buy. They're making money. They certainly don't spend it on staff. That's for sure. I mean, you could wait there for 30 minutes because you need just a, just, a something, a basic, never, a battery. I've, I've never had an associate... That just like acted so indignant to me when I asked him a question. Hey, like, laugh at me. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Many investors aren't aware that as you get closer to retirement, it's important to protect the savings you've worked so hard to accumulate. 
After all, you can't take the same type of risk you did when you were younger. The problem is that traditional safe money strategies like CDs and bonds aren't performing as well as we would like them to right now. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principle. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Well, now you can have both principal protection during market downturns and desirable market-linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose principal. If avoiding market risk and still earning more than a CD sounds good to you, call Siler Wealth Management today at 407-831-8002. They've developed proven strategies to not only grow your income, but also keep your principal safe for your retirement. To get started, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002 and listen to Money Radio Wednesdays at noon for the Stock Doctor's Prescription Show. I'm a million-dollar Bill Keevan, and I wrote a book. It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop-dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. Time for some smart saving. Make their dreams their reality. I'm Arizona State Treasurer Kimberly Yee. Whatever your little one dreams of becoming, a doctor, a chef, a firefighter, they're going to need a plan and savings. Open an AZ 529 education savings plan and you will be able to pay for their future education. Visit az529.gov and start saving to make their dream job come true. Now that's smart saving. Sponsored by the Office of the Arizona State Treasurer. Money Radio 1510 and 105.3. I've been walking Central Park. And after dark, people think I'm crazy. Hey, we're back. That's you fine. just got a taste of what it's like to be in the same office as Lee Siler. Every day. <laughs> every 10 minutes of every day. Hey, this is a great... They kind of changed with this song. They got more disco-ish. Yeah, there was a little bit of a disco flair. Yep, definitely disco flair. What did he say about a couple of Puerto Rican girls? Yeah. Never has a song there. Trying to miss you. We're yeah. going to walk around the bottom. They're, they're dying, dying to meet you. Dying to meet you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good stuff, though. Great stuff. I mean, you know... Charlie Watts, dead at the age of 80. Hey, we had a question. We're going to go right to that. And I got to find it. I know it was somewhere. Charles. Yes, Charles. Smashing Charles, yes. Charles from Phoenix says, I've noticed Amazon stock taking a hit since the earnings. Earnings. Do you think it's viable at these levels I currently do not own? Smashing. All right, that was Charles from Phoenix. I don't know why I had the British accent. But (laughs) um, I, I will say this, Charles. I agree with you that i think it, it may be by if i don't know well you didn't say it, you asked if it's bible but i think because you're thinking it's bible um look the stock topped out at 3700 and change their earnings were good they just weren't as good as what everybody thought i mean look when you were consistently hitting the numbers and i think that amazon just has too high of expectations at times because we've talked about this how many packages a week do you get on your front door i'm sitting on two right now Okay, so uh, then the stock drops to 3200 and change. Just so you know, uh, we do, Amazon is one of our top holdings, but I did buy some more yesterday for new clients coming in. I bought it below 3300 because I think, I think a, a good scenario would be 
it goes to 3,700, you're up 10%. I think that can happen. I think this is an entry point to get on the elevator. And I think the elevator is going up. Yeah. It, it, this is not, hey, you're not getting in early. And you're not at the low. Right. But you're getting in at a time that I think you can make money. And yes. it will be, I think, um, at least a market type return with this going forward. So uh, I do like Amazon Charles at these levels. I didn't like it at 3700 We didn't buy any. In fact, yesterday was the highest price I've ever bought Amazon. But mm. I felt that it's bottomed out and ready to turn. It broke some moving averages, got above its 200-day again. So that's been a technical bait. We know fundamentals are going to be there on a technical basis. I did like what I saw, so I, I took some uh, newly induced positions. Um, you know, you were talking about in your piece about Robinhood and, and we talked about Coinbase. But interesting, Tesla lost its number one spot on Robinhood. That was the number one holding for those $4,500 accounts. So I don't see it. So the way they had like two shares of, of Tesla. Right. Um, Seriously, like it's not a little price. Who drove Tesla out? I make fun. And I don't, I look, if you're a starting investor and you're buying share two, that's fine. I'm just kind of joking that Robinhood, the way it's trading and the average account size on Robinhood is $4,500. <laughs> Keep so, in mind, they don't have any qualified They don't accounts. have IRAs yet. And I think that's right. where your bigger accounts are going to come in from. Without a doubt. That's where the bulk of people have their savings. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Tesla has lost its number one spot in Robinhood ownership list, and um, which it had for the past four months. It held the number one spot. And I think it was caused by the big run Tesla had. Remember, it ran to 900, and people jumped on the bandwagon. And No, no, Lee, it was the autopilot. It was because it was on autopilot. Ah, there you go. Did you think about that all day? No, no that was just giving me. I drove, I thought about way too long. That was from that the was hip. From the hip. But oh, since the stock, I'm in the driver's seat, guys. Yeah. Since the stock's been on the defensive lately, and a slew of ne- negative publicity, kind of their autonomous driving features, the new number one holding is, would you like to know what it is? Uh, are you going to tell us? I'm going to tell you. It is Apple. <laughs> Apple. Now. They're clearly listening to our show. Now, let me ask you. Is that because more people have bought Apple or because people have sold their Tesla? I think it's a, com- mm, no, I think good, it's a combination. No, I think it's that. Tesla's gone down from nine hundred, a big price decrease. Mm-hmm. Apple has gone up significantly. That makes it, so. We're it's not your, talking about a number of shares. We're talking. You talk uh, about value. Okay. Yeah, they talk about value. Okay. They're number right. one holding, so that helps. Yeah. it grew to that position. It grew to that position. But also, people are buying it. But so uh, last week, Apple dethroned Tesla, which remains at number two. So for you AMC enthusiast, your stock has been stuck at number three since early February. But there's some stuff going on with those uh, those speculators yes. over there, Jared. Yes, yesterday it jumped 21%. And AMC? GameStop, AMC yeah, was up 21, like and GameStop bucks. was up over 30%, or almost 30%. I still can't believe people are playing that piece of garbage. Garbage! It's still, it's still there. Just, so, when you think it's, just when you think it's gone, it rises up. Why'd GameStop make its move? Just more buyers and sellers? <laughs> why, do you, why did it make its move in the beginning? Yeah, more buyers and sellers. <laughs> Um, but again, you know, we look at, and let's take a look at Robinhood, the stock actually, which is, uh, Hood. Yo, yo, Hood. Um, you know, had the, the good early trading days and now it's kind of drifting and trading close at $49. But, you know, the IPO was at 38, had the big run and then pull back. You know, I, I tend to think well, it, it was also up to 9% yesterday, too. Yep. And, you know, it's going to be, a lot of the shareholders are Robin Hood. It's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a really volatile, volatile road for, uh, I think, for Hood. But, look, it's a service 
that has really helped a lot of young, newer investors get in the investing business. I didn't want to say game because I think the fact that they it is gamify a big gamification it, yep, I think investing. it's kind of a joke. But yeah, the average account at um, Robinhood is $4,500 and we could not survive on $4,500 accounts. I am sorry. Wouldn't even pay for our phone bill. Nope. Certainly wouldn't pay for uh, a lot of things. So um, I'm not a buyer of Robinhood. I know that your girl, Kathy Wood, took a position that, la- was it last week? I'm not positive. It was recently, though. It was recently. I mean, she got in right at the IPO, I believe. Within weeks. And um, so, look, again, I, I'm not a buyer. So just because I'm not a buyer doesn't mean it's not right. suitable for you. It's just something that I choose not to put in our clients' accounts or my own accounts. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I'll put money in something for myself that I wouldn't do for clients because I'm willing to roll the dice or take a risk on something like that. But, um, but I, you know, I'll go over because I'm going to go talk some baby boomer stuff. But I, I got a few. Eh, I don't know if I have time. Can we have a boomer moment? I think okay, we should. Right, let's go to boomer yeah. moment. I think we should have a bo- boomer moment. Okay. I saw this statistic, which is pretty interesting, but according to the 21st Annual Transamerica Retirement Survey, the average baby boomer has retirement savings of 202000 And if you take consideration that many financial experts follow the 4% withdrawal number, as the withdrawal rate as a rule of thumb, that means a boomer can expect $8,100 per year from their retirement nest egg. Add this to the average Social Security benefit, which is $1,557 per month, or 18700 per year, you're going to try and live your retirement on $26,800. I was going to say, it sounds like it's we're, we're dangerously close to like 500 or so a week in retirement income. Yeah. Now, it, that's before you worry about health care. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have Medicare costs and Medicare supplement costs. But the other thing is that's for one person. And a lot of the boomers are together. You have mm-hmm. two. So that's you could double that. But if you're married filing joint, you get dangerously close to having to pay up to 85% of in taxes on your Social Security. So you're not even taking that into account. But that's a pretty high. They got to pass on that number, right? Not for a married filing joint. Mm. You'd be shocked. I think it's like 40% or $40,000 a year at the 50% bracket. And then I want to say it's. I don't, I don't know the exact number on 80, but it's a, it's shockingly low. So needless to say, this is a serious problem among the boomer population. So if you haven't saved enough, you have very limited options. Stop going out for coffee and stop eating avocado toast. The coffee and avocado you know how toast. Much is Starbucks minty frappe quoss. Is it the boomers that are eating the avocado toast? I don't know. Or, I don't think so. Is this, is this just a? Uh, I had to have a crack. Is this a millennial taking a shot at the boomers oh. who gave her that advice? I got to. Look, here's a couple of things you can do. Consider if you want to, if you're planning to retire at 67, maybe try and push it to 70. Try and hold off. Uh, and delay your Social Security benefit because each year that you hold it off after your full retirement age, it's 8% additional. Per year. Per year. Mm-hmm. Permanently. So these are permanently big numbers. And, and I, I guess it's too late for the boomers, but this is a lesson for the younger folks out there. Mm-hmm. And um, you really just have to get started early. And we will help you with that if you call 888-855-2855. We can help you get started with Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs. If you have... Uh, if you are a teacher in the Orange Seminole County, Phoenix, Scottsdale area, we can help you with uh, and really enhance the teachers need help. And we can really enhance your portfolio with some of the instruments that we have to help specifically the uh, educators market. But I mean, most importantly, tell your kids, which is what I have done. One has listened. One has not <laughs> is start early. Start early. Think long term. Start early. Think long term. 
and investing it's not all it's it's rarely home runs it's a bunch of base hits singles get on with a walk maybe you'll you'll move the runners with a pass ball whatever you can do every once in a while you'll get a home run but those are supposed with home runs come a lot of strikeouts too and something that's in the 30 tips is, you know, when you're investing, you want to be thinking long-term commitments. But when you're speculating, when you're using that hard rock money, that's where you're not afraid to go for the fences. And, you know, you might strike out, but you might. Yep. And uh, if you want the 30 tips to investing in the stock market, it's our white paper that we put out. Just uh, email feedback at stockdr.com. Feedback at stockdr.com. For Justin Kenny, Jared Bocart, and our megalennial Nikki Ward, I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. We'll see you next week. Everybody have a great rest of the day. Your portfolio deserves a team of experts to get you the information that you need to get the best results from the market. Every week, the Megalennial, the Fiscal Therapist, and this just in, join the Stock Doctor and give you their unique perspectives on market opportunities and pitfalls. That team is available for consultations every Wednesday from noon to 1, airing on the Stock Doctor's Prescription on KFNN, and by email at feedback at stockdr.com every day of the week.